Hey, I want to show you a slideshow real quick on the screen. You may, you may remember some of these people, but look at these. Uh, these are a few years ago. Yes, uh, all through Tennessee, Las Vegas, Italy, Asia. There's, look at Kahu Marcus, how skinny he was. He ate too much poi these days, I guess. Yeah? Look at that. Yeah, just some slides of people that are dear to mine and Lane's heart and our heart. We know a lot of these people. Uh, some of them, that's my dad right there. Yeah, Kahu Frank. Right there, some people from Alabama, right there, Uncle Dean at Deronda, they're now in Arizona. Just some people that you may remember on the screen. What a joy is Japan, our halal in Japan. Yeah, God has just done my friends that I grew up with right there. Me and Keola Da'ol back in the day. Keokaha days, that was our sending off in Vegas, my family. The football program, I mean, look at all that God has done in the last, that's Italy trip that I went on a few years ago. That's our first group down at Mohoyal Bandstand when I tried to play alumni football, right? All the brothers, all some familiar friends, state championship, right? Right, and then our family, right? What, what a joy to be a part of God's activity. Can I get a witness out there, right? What a joy, you know, and, and what happens is, what happens is part of following Christ it's not always having those relationships for the rest of your life here on earth. Can I get a witness, right? How many of you uh, miss some of your friends and family members that are no longer in your life, right? I mean, for me, traveling all over the world, um, there's some people that I don't get to hang out anymore with. And that's the part of living this gospel life. And if you're new to our church, we are a expository church, meaning we go through books of the Bible, verse by verse, and we've come to a series entitled Rising Tide. Say that with me, Rising Tide. And we believe this is the time to rise up. This is the time to take the gospel and advance it, but there's gonna be some hardship. There's going to be some times in our lives that we're going to lose some people we're dear to and close to, whether just whether by them moving different locations or whether life has taken us a different route or ultimately passing away, going on. And we come to Acts, specifically verse, chapter 21, where Paul is finally leaving the Ephesus area and headed back to his hometown of Jerusalem. And as Paul is headed back there, we see a couple things that are happening. Well, we learned last week, his Ohana and Ephesus were crying. Because Paul told them, we may never see each other again. How's that? You know, I think we prepare for life, but we never prepare for what happens after life. That will bless you this morning. Like, we prepare for life, but we never prepare for what happens Afterlife. Now, I was with a teacher at Hilo High School. He was raised a Methodist. He was in Micronesia. His father was a Methodist preacher. His grandfather, father before that, they're all Methodist preachers. And today, believe it or not, today he's now a universalist. He believes that all roads leads to the same thing. He believes in everything and anything. And he was one of my teachers. In fact, I remember flying a Hawaiian history book at his head my freshman year of high school because uh, he thought he was Hawaiian, right, and all that. And so just you guys understand when I grew up and my prejudice that I battled with and I was kicked out of, uh, I was ISS first and OSS, out school suspension and all that stuff. But like today we have a better relationship and we're working together. But he said, he told me what he believed. He believed that everybody is incarnated, that we have had past lives and we're going to have present lives and future lives. And I asked him, what? What justifies what you believe? And he couldn't tell me why he believed what he believed. He just believed it. When it comes to what we believe, it matters why we believe what we believe. 
It's not important just to come church on Sunday, go through the motions, and if somebody, if you were in the hospital, wherever you work out, they ask you, how do you become a Christian, and you can't share how you become a Christian, then you may just be going through the motions today, y'all. Like, like, even, let's go further. You know that you're in sin. You know as a believer in Jesus, you're in sin, but you choose not to get out of that sin, but you also want God to bless you while you're still in that sin. Ouch, hallelujah, ouch. I mean, that's the reality. And so what happens is it's not okay just to call yourself a follower of Christ, all right? We have to, we have to understand why we believe what we believe. A lot of people would call it apologetics. A lot of people would call it theology, doctrine, teachings, whatever the case is. But it matters why we believe what we believe. And I want to share a, a consistent theme in our church, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Going to get a witness out there. And I want us to look at chapter 21. And listen to me. If you are just going through life as a believer in Jesus, and you're just not feeling it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you today. To let those feelings go. Because our feelings does not determine our relationship with the Lord. It changes. I'll be honest, sometimes I'm mad with the Lord. Hello? Can I get some honest people in this room, right? So sometimes I'm happy with the Lord. Something, but what is consistent is his word. And I want to just encourage you guys what Paul says about this struggle. All right? About this struggle in the Christ life. And, and I want us to read in our new series, Rising Tide, what he says in our first 15 verses of chapter 21. Would you rise with me in the reading of God's holy word? He says, and when we had, depart, and when we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight uh, course to Kos. And the next day to, what's that ro- word? Rhodes, all right? And from there to Patera. And having found a ship... Crossing to, what is that word? Phoenicia. Phoenicia. Hey, good job. I couldn't even say that. We went abroad and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to, that word again, Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for how many days? Seven days. And through the Spirit, can I get a witness? That's some powerful words right there. And through the Spirit, okay, they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days, were, when, when our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey. And they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city of Jerusalem. And kneeling down on the beach, thank God for beaches, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Think about your relationships in your life. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemais, and we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. On the next day, we departed and came to where? Caesarea. We're getting to Israel, guys. And we we entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Let me stop right there. There is no significance out of that verse alone. Okay? A lot of people have made a lot of significance out of that verse. But you, where the Bible is clear, you are to be clear. Where the Bible is unclear, you are to be 
Unclear. Just trust Christ, okay? There is nothing with that verse that we know of more than that they were prophetess. Verse 10, while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit. This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns the belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Does that sound pretty good? Aole. When we heard this, we, had, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. Listen to this verse, everybody. Then Paul answered, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart, right? For I am what? Ready. Not only to be in prison, but even to what? Die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, hallelujah, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be what? Done. After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, praise the Lord, bringing us to the house of Manson of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we should lodge. God, your word is your word. Our opinions don't matter, but you matter, Lord. So help us by your spirit to understand today's verses in the context of the gospel. We love you, and we need you. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's Ohana says, amen. Here's the theme of today's text. It's up on the screen. Read it with me if you can see it. One, two, three. Are you ready? All right. In hula circles, when I was growing up, I, used, I played in the band, Ulu played, Ulu danced hula. The, the word they would always use that I use sometimes in messages is ho'o mau kao kao, right? Hands, feet will come forward, hands will come in the air, and everyone would say, I, which means yes, which means we are ready. So when I say ho'o mau kao, I want you to say that even give me some hand gestures, right? The right hand gestures, all right? Ho'o mau kao kao. Praise the Lord. Pa, now here's the reality, okay? I want to give you two things out of our text, but I want to look at just one specific verse that I want to stay on as an umbrella for the entire verses today. And it's found in verses 13. It says this, Then Paul answered, What are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart, for I am ready, right? I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to what? Die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. The word ready, isn't it? This word ready in the Bible is only found three times. You need to write this down because this implies to how you live this week. This word ready only applies three times in the Greek manuscript. I say Greek because all of the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And it's an adverb word, meaning it's an action word in relationship to a situation. Are you with me? An adverb word meaning ready is a is is meaning that it's a it's a it's in relationship with a situation. Meaning Paul is saying that well, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to meet my maker. 
Are you ready to meet your maker? But at that standpoint, are you ready to meet your maker from our text today? We also see some huge things that takes on. We see this in Acts, in 2 Corinthians 12, and 1 Peter 4, when we see this word ready. Luke, who is writing the book of Acts at this moment, describes the situation. Paul is en route back home to Jerusalem, right? However, his friends are fearful of his life being in connection with the situation because of danger. That is totally opposite of American Christianity today. Are you with me? American Christianity teaches, uh, you know, here's the pursuit of happiness. You work from the bottom and you work your way up for happiness. That's not where the gospel teaches. The gospel teaches that really you have nothing valuable in it of yourself at all. Like you are a piece of junk. No, for real. Now that doesn't feel warm, bubbly feelings today, right? That your cow will call you a piece of junk today. Well, let me tell you, when I was 18, I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, never had much money. But I had a family that loved me, and they gave me a 1986 Grand Prix Pontiac. How many of you remember that? Man, that's when they made cars for real, Jack. I mean, that bugger was solid. I mean, it was like uh-huh, half-half lavender and a half-half bluish in that lavender. Really, the sun just beat up the color out and all that. But I had things coming from the ceiling, busting out. Like, it was ugly. The only thing that was nice on it, I paid $1,000 to put some nice tires and wheels on that bad boy, and it had a great big sound system that was already bumping in there, right? That's the only thing that was valuable in it. But you know what what, what I saw about the car? The engine was good. Everything was good. Like, Like the body may have looked bad, but everything was good. Listen to me. God can use junk. Can I get a witness over there? God can use all the Opala, all the Pilakia, all the crap in our lives for the glory of his name. Now, let me say it again. Are you ready? That's the truth. Are you ready? Paul tells them three powerful words. I am ready. I am ready. And for that, I want to look at these verses in this specific verse, chapter 13, in just two, in two truths, and we be pow. Number one, are you ready to suffer for Christ? Think about that. Are you ready to suffer for Christ? Now, there's a couple ways you suffer for Christ. A lot of us suffer for Christ physically, right? Our bodies, like it's deteriorating. Like I wasn't the once Keokaha buck that I was back then till now. My body is a little slower. My body is a little, you know... Ha! Bigger, you know what I'm saying? And that's the reality. Our body is deteriorating. But there's also a spiritual understanding about our suffering. Like the Bible says that we will suffer for the cause of Christ. Why? Because our lives reflect Christ. Now Christ didn't have this best life now book about cars and mansions and all that on the earth. Okay? Not, now, if you have nice cars and you have a, a mansion, I'm not saying that you're not a Christian, all right? What I am saying is that he did not put all of his energy and his investment in those things. His investment was in people. Why? Because God loves people. We learned that last week. And so when we see this understanding spiritually, is our hearts ready to suffer for Christ? We see it in this text as Paul says, I'm ready. 
I'm ready to suffer for Christ. The word he used is imprisonment. I'm ready to go to jail for the cause of Christ. Now, when we think of imprisonment, it's a little different, right? When we think about people who are in jail, there are murderers, there are liars, stealers. Name, you can name the list. The list goes on. Paul is not going to jail for any of those things, but, but he's going to jail for preaching the message of Christ. Here's the good thing about America. We are protected by our constitute to say whatever we want. Here's the bad thing about America. We are protected by the Constitution to say whatever we want. And so that's why we have politicians, Democrats, Republicans, Tea Parties, every other party known to men. We have different denominations, Christian denominations just in America alone because our Constitution keeps us safe. Well, let's say we take that Constitution away. The gospel still stands. Are you with me? The gospel is still prevalent. The gospel is still relevant. If the Constitution wasn't over us today, then we would, we would be chaos. There would be chaos like Great Britain and every other nation that deals with it. And if they don't like the gospel, which most people don't like, we'll be in persecution. And we, will, and we will see who the real Christians are then. And I don't say to belittle you. I'm talking about my own heart. Like, it's easy to preach what, the boldness of the gospel of Jesus Christ when I got nobody walking in this room with a gun, a knife, or whatever, an army. Like, I have my constitution right to preach what I believe, right? Amen. All right, so I don't take that. But what if that right was gone? Am I ready? Am I ready to suffer for Christ? Am I ready to be imprisoned for the cause of Christ? Look at this. However, Paul's imprisonment was due to sharing Jesus. We learned that in chapter 16 in Philippi where he healed a woman, a child actually, from demon possession. And out of it, he went to prison. For what? For doing good for somebody? Are you with me? There's coming days in America when we will be in prison for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is bigger than any civil right movement, whether it is we are Mauna Kea, Aloha Aina, racial reconciliation, whatever the case is. When we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, it impacts the global world. Why? Because the gospel is for the world. Why, why, why am I Christian today? I'm a believer today because Jesus is for the people of the earth. How do I know that? Because I've traveled around the world. There's no Pele, Ku, Lono doctrine in Japan. I can promise you that. No, for real. Pele has died, her, given her life up for you. So that you can, there's none of that. I can say that for Confucius. I can say that for Buddha and Allah. And some of them are become universal and global messages of the gospel. But here's, here's the one thing that changes everything. Jesus did what no other God did for mankind. He suffered. He suffered. And now we can look at our earthly suffering and we're like, bro, that don't even come in comparison to the suffering of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Like, really? Like, I'm suffering today. Why, Kahu? I'm at school. Oh, Kahu, I no more points on my car to get lunch. I'm suffering today. You no more points? Why? Because you eat too much. You use all your points. No, for real. I'm at school every day. That's why you're number point. And you get free lunch. You're subsidized by the government. 
who the Constitution allows you, and you don't like stand up for the national anthem? But that substitute, that substitute money and points for your lunch pays you, I mean, gives you money to eat. You see how backwards our logic is? There is a reality. Now, listen to me. You guys know my stance on patriotism and Hawaiian kingdom. You guys understand that. But more than that, we got to point people to Christ. And when we point people to Christ, we will suffer for it. We will suffer for it. We see in our text this kind of suffering. In the Gospel of Matthew, he makes it clear what suffering for Christ looks like. He says in Matthew 5.11, blessed are you when people insult you. Let's stop right there, Hawaiians. You are blessed when people insult you. Say that with me. One, two, three. Blessed are you when people insult you. I don't feel blessed when somebody insults me. I tell you that right now. I remember Friday. We're getting ready for the lot. We had a homecoming lot on Friday. And I got the upper part of the campus in my, uh, from my zone that week. And so all the guys are coming from woods, meadows, shop, agriculture. They're all coming down and get this one big brother who, by the way, is a Christian boy, all right, from a well-known Christian family. He's walking down, you know, like that chest out, T-shirt off, and all you see is all his Kelly Kelly's hanging out, you know what I'm saying? And he's walking like that. And he's like, go, 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 go. I can move my car. Down there, I'm like, bro, you cannot even jump in your car. You know the rules and regulation. Ah, boss on the roof. Christian boy, remember that. Godly family, right? And his shirt, he get all hair all over his body, just nasty, not looking like Jesus at all. You know what I'm saying? And then he like moved just 10 stalls down the road because he lazy because that stall is a little bit closer from the gym. But the gym is still one mile away from the top of the campus, Hawaiian. You know, it's still a walk. And by the way, you know, me and you, we still, we need to walk. You know what I'm saying? That's the reality. And then after that, I said, bro, you got to have, he's talking back to me. I said, bro, you got to have some aloha. And he said, he go, let me just, we're, Transparent church, right? He says, F aloha. And all that. Straight to my face. Blessed are you when people insult you. Lino, you got to imagine the Hawaiian in me, bro. Like, I'm ready for, for jump and leap right now, bro. I like, I like the mama going to feel me right now through this song. All right, but blessed are you who insults you, right? And all that. Then after he goes down, he, he goes to the guy who's moving that where he wants to park. And he starts trying to negotiate something. I said, I said, bro, Hawaiian, you cannot go there. You gotta go. And so you gotta see me. I getting I getting riled up already. I'm getting really I like get, I like go on this brother already. And like, so go. All right, you gotta go. And then after he's, and he says, F this. And after I'm going, brother, you gotta have some respect for your elders. And said, I want respect who the F I want and who the F I don't want. But you know how these kids are, yeah? They don't say that in front of your face. They walk away while you're saying that. You know what I'm saying? And then in my heart, I'm like, bully. I tell you what, bro. And every evil thing was coming in my mind. Every evil thing. Oh, I know how I'm going to do them. When the assembly pow, all right, I'm going to follow this brother all the way back home. I'll call his dad. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lick his dad, and I'm going to lick him after that. Right? And then if people, like, come after us, I'm going to call all the 400 church brothers for come, and we're going to have, we're going to have some cracks, all right? I can tell you what, our church, we're going to go down swinging. And I, if I wanted to go to any church, we're going to scrap. This church can scrap. I know that. And we're going to, I know we're laughing and all that, but that's how we feel when somebody insults us. Then while I was studying, 
Jesus gives me these words. <laughs> Blessed are you, say to me, when people insult you and persecute you. And you got to imagine, the thing was power already. I knew what I wanted to do to him already. In fact, I knew I couldn't go to his house and follow him, right? That is a constitutional right on his behalf for me not to stalk him, okay? <laughs> Can't do that. Stupid America rules, right? And all that. And so what happened is, I, what happened is I knew what I could do. I went to my, my, our security office and I wrote down everything, five paragraphs. And you know, the educated side of the Kahu came out. I worded my stuff really well. And at the end of it, at the last paragraph, I told the admin, this will determine the partnership. All right? Like, you're speaking, speaking all clear and all this, the commas, period, whatever. You know, big letters just to make some Facebook action up in there. I'm shouting at you right now. This will determine the partnership we have with you if this is not handled. Now, now, though I was right in what I was saying, like that still stands for me, I could have verbalized that <laughs> a little better. But here's the problem. Remember that this is in Scripture. Nothing good comes out of evil. You need to write that down. Nothing good comes out of evil. Even, listen to me, even when I was the right one, it became evil because I wanted to slap him and his dad. Nothing good comes out of it. What will come out of that? More, listen to me, more bad testimony in the city of Hilo. And we lose our witness. We lose our testimony. And then, then, then we got to have one-on-one -on -one with the brothers in this room. Bro, you got to pray for me. You got to, right? And so what happens is that, are you ready to suffer for Christ? When you're insulted, when you're persecuted, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of Christ. Are you ready to suffer? Are you ready to suffer? Matthew 10 says it this way. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of what? Wolves. Now, does that sound comforting? No. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Very clear picture on how we should respond to these situations. Matthew 10, 22. You will be hated by all because of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. What a perfect picture of what true Christians look like. Listen, let me read it again. You will be hated by all because of the, my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end. Not one that has fallen. One who has endured to the end who will be saved. I think there is such a misunderstanding of the Christian life in America today. The American Christianity teaches prosperity of materialistic things and your behavior. But we see in this text, look at this, that it's not even about materialistic things. It's really going back to the heart of it. Where's your heart? Where's your mind? See, I grew up in a denomination in a time where the prosperity gospel was at its highest point. And we were, in my denom the denomination I grew up in, was so big. We, we heard these four words, um, name it, claim it, receive it, all right? Yeah? And, and the fourth one would, would be just go for it, right? But name it, claim it, and receive it. And so pastors would teach, televangelists would teach. That's why I don't watch much te televangelists anymore uh, and all that. Uh, they would go and say, hey, if you want a car, go to the car lot, claim it, name it, and receive it. I said, well, I never got the car, so what happened? Oh, you just didn't have enough faith. That is bad theology, guys. Listen, your best life now is not how, what kind of car you got. 
It's not what kind of materialistic things you come. You know why? The Bible says all those things will pass away. Only your spirit will remain. We must teach a gospel that teaches the same picture of what Christ has done in the word. He suffered. He suffered for all mankind. His feelings suffered. His emotions, his physical, his, his spiritual, it all suffered. Why? Because that's what God has called us to. Because it's in suffering that people can see God in us. Let me say that again. It's in our suffering that people can see Christ in us. Here's a biblical truth. The true gospel of Jesus Christ calls us to first die to ourselves and position our lives to live in Christ, where he then presses his life through us. It's not just enough for you to be in church today. What happens here must overflow out there. This is school for us today. Like, we call this chores. This is the easy part. The hard part is the mission out there. This is not so much the mission as much as it's chores. It's time to take out trash. It's time to clean up the dishes in here. It's time to clean our rooms. It's time, you guys see where I'm going? It's time to clean our hearts today. Why? So that when we are sent out after this service, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, even in our suffering. Andy Stanley says it this way. Growth does not happen on any level unless something is torn down and then built up. Read that with me. One, two, three. Growth does not happen at any level unless something is torn down and then built up. That is true. That is so true. We need tension in our life. We need it. Why? It brings about Christ in us and through us. How we respond to our suffering reveals how much we truly know God. Let me say that again. Quiet in this room. Listen to me. How we respond to our suffering reveals how much we truly know God. Here's a reality truth. Our sufferings could be the only testimony that leads people to Jesus. While at the same time, our sufferings could be the very thing that leads people away from Jesus because of our evil attitude towards others due to our sufferings. And Ezekiel chapter 3 talks about the watchman. And he talks about how every person we come in contact with, we're responsible for their souls. And if we don't show them the true Christ, the suffering Christ, who has suffered a cross for you and I, and we never share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ, then that blood is on our hands. Why? Because God given us opportunity to share the clear gospel when we've really turned them away from Christ. Look at that. Based on this, are you ready to suffer for Christ? Here's the final question that will be Paul. Are you ready to die for Christ? You know, this is, this is hard. Because I'm talking about even like for your children. All of us want our children to stay with us. We want to see all our mo'opunas when we become grandparents, right? We want to, we want to do, right? And all this. But this is talking about giving your children away too. Like I didn't adopt three beautiful, handsome boys. Anyway, today is two years since the, since the uh, what you got the judge pound and uh, allowed us to adopt the children to the, the two boys. Amen. But listen to me. I didn't adopt those boys for the sake of me feeling good about myself. 
there's a bigger picture to these beautiful three boys. Same with your children. We didn't connect in the gospel for the sake of our sixth grade boys taking alcohol to school. Hey, you never know that, huh? In, from Ohana Church. For my child punching people in the face, getting called at the Christian school, getting called to the office nine different times. And because possibly because I'm a kahu, they'll let him stay, right? And we, we support the, the... No. We need to teach our children the great gospel of Jesus Christ, that it comes with cost. It comes with a cost. We don't know what tomorrow holds for a lot of us. Some of you have lost children in this room. Some of you have lost people that, you know, we don't know what happens to us. We know this, that suffering is part of the growth development of all Christians. And now sometimes we put ourselves in that suffering situation, but God is always there, listen to me, to rip you from it. Can I get a witness out there? He is faithful. He is just. And we see that. So are you ready to die for Christ? Paul tells his friends that he's also ready to be that, to die for Christ. This was consistent with all Jesus' chosen disciples through church history. We don't have all the, 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 the accounts of the disciples' death in, uh, in the scriptures, but we have it in church history through, secular, so through even secular philosophers, which makes it even better. That they've noticed this and they've written this. And all but John the Beloved was killed for their faith. Let me get something down to you. Peter. Remember Peter? He denied Christ what? Three times. But he was probably the second best preacher next to Jesus. We know that in all scripture. Even better than Paul. Paul was just a great educated uh, and spiritual leader in the church. He wrote 14 books of the New Testament, Paul. But Peter was crucified in Rome upside down because he felt that he couldn't do the same crucifixion as the Savior. Andrew was crucified in Greece. Philip was crucified in Egypt. Matthew was stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Bartholomew was beheaded in India. Thomas was killed in India by a spear. James, the son of Zebedee, was killed by the sword in Jerusalem. James, the less, was thrown off the top of a temple in Jerusalem. James, the brother of Jesus, was stoned to death. Jude, uh, Jude, also known as Thaddeus, was crucified in Turkey, where Ephesus is today. Uh, Matthias, who took over Judas Iscariot's role as an apostle, was burned to death in Syria. We just read about Syria today. Simon the Zealot was killed in Persia. And Paul, as we know, the, the, uh, the, the main character of today's story was beheaded in Rome. In fact, I went to the exact location in Rome, Italy, where Paul was crucified. And, I mean, beheaded. And this is what happened. There is a pyramid right outside of the door, door of the Colosseum. And you can go left, which is the south gate. And the south gate, that pyramid represented all the Christians since Paul and Peter's days that was martyred for the faith. They call it the south gate. And they call it the South Gate because that's where everybody from Jerusalem entered in. And evangelicals was able to put a pyramid. If you ever go to Rome, you can see it to this day. And it says, here lies the history of the Christ followers in Italian. Are you ready to die for Christ? Are you ready to die for Christ? 
Are you like Paul? Are you like these disciples? We see, because we see similar costs all throughout Scripture and all throughout history of people who gave their lives up for Christ. I know this is not the norm preaching style in all America, but it's the Bible way. The Word of God. Ohana Church, we will stand on the Word of God. This would be our source of truth. When culture tells us something otherwise from this Bible, we got to stand. We got to rise up. We got to take the world by storm. How? By the proclamation of the Word of God. It's not okay just to come church, hear doctrine, and let doctrine go and not apply tomorrow. It's not okay. We have to be different. 2 Timothy 4, 6, 8 says this about Paul when he, before he ended his life. This was probably his last time talking to anybody through this letter. He says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. At the time of my departure has what? Come. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good what? Say it again. I have fought the what? I have finished the what? I have what? Kept the faith. Therefore, a henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the, unri- the, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The hardest part of the Christian life in America is that because we're not persecuted, it's easy for our behavior to be just like the world. Seriously. Iran is one of, was one of the most persecuted nations in the world. Our team began to pray for our Iran last year. And their heart in the prayer was that the Iranian Christians are saying this, We're not asking for you guys to come here and do missions here. You guys can. We're not asking you to make us safe in our nation. The Iranian preacher said this. We're asking that we would suffer even more so that Iran would be the biggest Christian nation in the world today. Today. This is a year from that prayer. Today. Iran is not the biggest Christian nation in the world. But listen to me. It's the most fasting, growing Christian nation in the world. Why? Because natives of Iran understood that following Christ meant that we would suffer and even at any cost, we would die. So today I would encourage you to look at your suffering as an opportunity to see Christ lifted up. Some of you women, your man ain't stepping up spiritually. That's part of the suffering. Believe that God will change that. Some of you people in here just have just some mental issues that, man, is, is bombarding you from connecting with God. Way deeper than just an emotional and physical concept, but spiritually, you are just being attacked constantly. That's part of suffering. And what God will do for all of us who have struggles He would send additional struggles and sufferings to test our fellowship with him. He will stretch us 
even to the point where sometimes we fail like me and though we've laughed at my situation, it is so true that man, every one of us need Jesus. And that's what suffering does. Suffering points us back to Jesus. Zane Pratt says it this way. The comfortable, the comfortable, comfortable experience of Christians in the West has actually been an anomaly in this regard. Because of the Christian heritage of Western civilization, combined with democratic freedoms and historic rule of law, Western Christians have largely been left alone for their faith. Even today, as Western nations become increasingly post-Christian and even anti-Christian, just like America, the opposition experienced by most Christians goes little beyond mockery. Meaning you're not being punched in the face for being a Christian. You're just being insulted. However, there are signs that this protected status may be changing. If it continues to do so, it will simply put Western Christians in the same boat as their brothers and sisters all over the world. It may come in this generation. It may come in the next generation. But we know every nation, the further they get away from God, the closer they get to destruction. And we see that we are redefining marriage inside our culture, in our society. We are redefining political correctness, love. We're going more away from God. And may we be the church that still stands that Christ has called us to serve and not to be served. So this is how I would encourage you to live out this message this week. Number one, we need to examine our heart and see if there is any sense of entitlement in us. Let me say that again. We need to examine our heart and see if there is any sense of entitlement in us because if there is entitlement, the only thing we're entitled to is separation from a good God. We don't even deserve salvation. We don't deserve God's grace. God has freely given it through his son, Jesus. Examine your heart for any entitlement today. Give it to God. Number two, we need to share the gospel the way Jesus did by making the cost of discipleship clear. We need to share the gospel the way Jesus did by making the cost of discipleship clear. Meaning it's not enough to just say that God loves you, accept him today. The clear gospel is that you are sinful. Your sins separate you from God. And your only answer is what Jesus did on the cross for all humanity. Repent. Embrace the gospel. Live in Christ. But the last part is true. We need to include suffering in our, in our immediate follow-up with new believers. If, you, if you've been discipled by me, whether one-on-one -on -one or in a small group, you would know that a lot, of this, a lot of what I preach on is on the penal substitutionary atonement, meaning that God was the propitiation. He was the substitute for our behalf. You'll hear me say this a lot in our one-on-ones in our -on and all that. And what I try to do is I try to let you know that following Christ is going to cost you. It's going to cost you your reputation that you used to have. 
whether he was a good football player, a great politician, whatever the case is, you, you're going to lose that. And I expect to lose mine soon just because of the boldness of what's been going on at Hilo High with some of these players that we've been talking about Christ. So I expect to lose it soon. But listen, if God gave me that job, God will sustain me until otherwise. And listen to me. The suffering hurts. I get it. I've experienced it. I felt it the last couple days. The great joy of the gospel is that our transparency leads us to redemption. Some of you in this room, your first step to redemption is your transparency. To be honest about what you're going through. Why? In your honesty, God will be honored and glorified and your reward will be redemption.